Are you ready? Um, over the last year of my life, I have um, been affected, uh, not infected, but affected by the book that we're about to study. Um, infected maybe too, because it's changed sort of the way I look at things, and I've really been um, astounded uh, as I've, I've read through the book of Romans a few times, and just... just um, just learn truths that I may have already heard, but was reminded of things of God's love for us and how He sent His Son and um, and His plan for us. So um, I'm excited because we're going to be in this book Romans for a couple of months. Do not forget, it's a very long book. We may not go through every verse by verse, but we're going to go through quite a bit of it. So, are you excited? Yes. Who here has ever heard of the book of of Romans? Okay, kid, must be okay. Good. Okay, now. Um, let me let me tell tell you this. I'm going to teach the truth of everything that the book says because the Bible is truth. Uh, and I will tell you this: I will not apologize um, for the truth of the Bible that I teach. I may say some things that are out of line from from Dan because I'm a human and I will try not to. But of the truth of the Bible and the Scripture and what it does teach us, I will not apologize for. It will step on your toes. It will um, it will will challenge um, your stat, 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 status quo and things that you see at school and things that you may believe or not, and it will force you to make a choice. And my question is: What are you going to em- embrace, the world's view or God's view? Okay, so um, that's my introduction for that. Now I ex- expect a couple of things from you. Am I like very loud? <coughs> Okay, no, it's not. Cause I feel like I'm screaming. Are, are, are these on? I don't know if you know how to turn those on. Don't worry about it. It's just one of my voices in my head. Like, Whoa! Now, um, I expect a few things from you, okay? And, and, and I'll just be... Can, can I be frank? Yes. Ooh, I heard one person say yes, so that gives me permission. Um, I get tired of playing games with youth sometimes. Um, I, I get tired... Um, of just trying to say hush, hush down. Uh, I get tired. Uh, and I, I want you to know some things because I want it to be fair. So if I ever do lash out and start screaming and have a fit, you know why. Is that, is that nice? Y'all are like looking at me like, what have we come to today? Um, if you're here, I want you to know that we're going to teach the Word of God. That's our purpose for Wednesday night, our primary purpose. That's the primary thing I care about, is teaching you. That's my responsibility. It's what God's called me to do. And um, if I, my choice is between to let you down or God down, I'm going to let you down and maybe what you want or expect. Uh, we're going to praise God. We're going to sing praises to His name. Uh, we're going to do that each week. And I guarantee this, you always have time to hang out. 6.30 to 6.45, we, sort of, we don't start like at 6.30 sharp, there's time for you to talk, hang out, um, see your friends. Then 6.45, we're going to jump into it. Uh, we Every now and then we may have a game, but we're going to sing praise songs to God, and then we're going to get into the Word. And by 7.45, we should be done. And usually that leaves about 15 minutes for you to hang out some more and talk with your friends. Is that fair? Is that good? Now, um, this is what I expect of you. During praise and, and worship time that we have in here, you can either sing or be quiet. 
That's your option. If, if you can't do one of those two things, I don't know if you really need to be in here. I don't know if your heart is really in the right place, okay? I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just trying to be honest. Um, bring your Bible. Bring your, your Bible. And if you don't bring one, usually I've had a stack of them, which each week I pass out. I just really lift them out among the uh, chairs. We use this every week. And let me encourage you to bring it and to use it. If you forget it, find one that's here so you, you ha- have, have it. So that by the time that I get up to speak or someone gets up to speak, they're not going, go ahead and grab that stack and pass those out. You should already have it in your hand, right? Because we're here to learn and to study, right? Right, yes. We hate your guts. Okay. Um, take notes. Okay, challenge. Take notes in your Bible or in a notebook or something. They say that you will remember 10% of what you hear, but over 50% of what you write down. You sometimes don't write down just so you can go back and look at it. You write down because it helps it stick in your brain. So, um, And when an adult speaks, um, <clears throat> listen, it. I don't, know, I don't want to freak you all out. You know, don't freak out. Some of you may not know this, but I stutter. And it's sometimes hard enough for me to speak as is. And then with their, their, their youth that, 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 that speak or, or, you know, sometimes they, your friends may not know how to act. And it, it's up to you to sort of help to, to say or, or whatever. But, um, and especially even tonight when my wife even gives announcements, I expect you to hush. When an adult speaks, you ought to be respectful, right? Y'all aren't going to hear a word for us tonight because you're like, oh, man, he's just like, just really. And I think I said it not nicely, lovingly. I, I, I love you. You feel it, bit? Dan. Bishop? Thank you. I've got one. I feel it, Dan. All right. Book of Romans. Who wrote the book? Paul wrote the book of Romans. Thank you, Bishop. You might want to stay quiet for a little while. Okay. Your buzzer's been made mute for a little bit. Um, now, I want to tell you some stories because this book is a powerful book. It's an impacting book, and I'm excited to be in it. I want you to know that great men of God that have been through, used throughout the years, this book has changed the tra- trajectory of their life. They were going this way, and then all of a sudden, that by, by, by reading this book alone, God used it to steer them, and they've been the, the greatest men of God uh, since the time of Paul. There was one guy named Aurelius Augustine. Aurelius, wouldn't you like to have that, that name? He was a guy who was trying to live for God, but he was living for the world, and he was just sort of torn on what to do. And one day he was sitting on this bench just crying because he was just so torn, and he heard some kids sing, 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 singing, tole lego, tole lego. I don't know if that's the way it goes, but that's what they were saying. And it, it said, it, the words meant, pick up and read. And so it was just sort of a weird song for kids to sing. And beside him was a parchment. He picks it up. He begins to read. It's the book of Romans chapter 13. And it talks about the wickedness of man. And it says, clothe yourself in Jesus Christ. And from that moment on, he said, something happened inside of him that changed him from that day on. And he writes about this with his own hand. That by, by reading that, his life was indelibly changed. There's a guy named Martin Luther. It's not the guy that you that was shot. Okay, not too long ago, that was a civil rights there. This is a guy way before him, and he was a monk, devout monk. But he struggled with, "Am I saved or not? I, I think I am, but I'm trying to earn it. And every time I try to do more and more stuff, I still feel further away from God." And he began to study the book 
of Romans. And it spoke to him in Romans 17 when it said that righteousness comes from faith alone. And in that, he began to, to study and learn and believe that faith comes through Christ alone and not through any works that we do. And that's how the Protestant Reformation began. And many of the beliefs that we have, that you have right now, came because this man took a stand and said, it can't be works. It's not all that we do. It's through Christ alone. There's a guy named John Wesley that went to a Wednesday night service, probably not like this one at all. It was in 1738. And he went there, and the guy was speaking on Romans. And he was very torn because he had been converting folks, but he was beginning to question if he was converted himself. The guy preached from the book of Romans. And as he preached, God spoke to his heart, and he knew who God was, who Christ was, and who he was in the midst of it. And his life was changed. This guy was a guy who spurred on a thing called the Wesleyan Revival that went throughout England and many, many, many were saved because of it. Is that sort of cool to you? This is a book that we're going to study. And I know some of you go, oh, that's great. My question is, why, why are you here? My question is, why are you even a Christian? Because if you're a Christian, that means you want to be a follower of Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, then you want to be like Him and study the Word and be like and 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 and, and be do what is right, not what is wrong. And if that's the case, something inside of you, and that might be small at this point, but something inside of you is going to be going. You know, I sort of do want to know more about that, but you've got to fight for it because there's things called the world that will t- tear for you for your time. There's things called Sports Center that attacks me all. The the time, which I love many times, but there's times that it engulfs me and I need just to let it go and walk away from it. There's things in the world with friendships or whatever that you've got to go, okay, I don't have time for that because I need to really just read the Word. I just need to study the Word. I want to be like Christ. That's why when you come in here, and that's what my whole speech, at the whole start at my whole rant is because I want you to come here and go, I'm here for a purpose. And it's not just to see your friends. And I hope you do want to see your friends. I hope you have great friends here. That is something I very much hope for. But above that, I hope you go, but you know what? I come here and I learn about God and how He's working on my life. So, there's also a guy named John Bunyan who read the book of Romans, and because of it, he was inspired to write a book called Pilgrim's Progress. Has anybody read that book? I mean, it's a great... You need to read... It's, a, it's an easy read, too. Great book. Um, uh, what, what happened? Oh, and, and my wife. That's it. That's it. We're gonna, I'm, hey, listen, because y'all have not heard it, I'm going to sit up here and read that book, and you don't want me to read a book, a book to you. That could be a long book. <laughs> All right. Who wrote the book of Romans? Paul. Paul. What year did he write it? About 56, 57 AD. Okay, 50, they think. It's not exact in stone, but that's where it sort of falls in between. 28 years after um, the, the death of, of Christ. Around there, okay, is when this book was written. And who did he write the book to? Romans. Sort of, yes, the Romans. It was the believers in Rome, the Christians in Rome. It's not written to all Romans, though all Romans could read it, or anyone who got it could read it. But specifically, it was written to the saints or the Christians in Rome. You can see that in in verse 7. Now, if you were kicked out of here, every one of you were kicked around the world into a new youth group, okay? One, all of a sudden, your family moved um, a day ago, and... 
tonight you had to go to a youth group. You go to that youth group, and their group is, is not as um, nice as ours, you would sort of say, because they make you, when you're new, you've got to come up, stand up in front of the group, and sort of introduce yourself and explain what you're about. What would you say? Oh. Holy crap! Rebecca Jones, I'm here to learn about Jesus. Can you teach me that tonight? <clears throat> Give me that? Give me that? Okay. Go ahead. I wouldn't really ask for, for volunteers, but I'll take a couple. You're not going to speak English. Why? <laughs> okay, well, they can speak English at the group that you're in. The question is, is... How, Jake? Lord God, Lord God, Lord God. Peter Baxter, keep on the Lord God. English. Lord Dad. All right. Lord Dad is. Lord Dad. Lord Dad is. Lord God. Lord there. Lord Bible said. Lord God. Yeah, sit down. Hey, sit down. I'm going to make you stand up here and speak. What? What? I don't know. I don't want to go there right now. So, anyways, thank you, Jake. Anyways, the question now, intensive to yourself, don't like think of something you can share out loud, especially right now, which would you might think would be cute. How would you introduce yourself? For, for real. It's a chance to start fresh at a group. They don't know you. How do you want to define yourself? Who do you want to be? What do you want to be like? Um, how would you... Because we're going to look at this book, and we're just going to look at the start of this book in, in, in Romans 1. On, first of all, how Paul introduces himself. And the question is, how, how would we do it? How do you want to introduce yourself? How, how would you hear? With every, everybody probably sort of knows you somewhat. How would you stand up and introduce yourself here and what you're all about? Hmm, don't say anything. Just think about it. Now let's take a look at Paul. Because he does a couple things. And he's specific in, in what he says. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Are we there already? That's very nice. Page 939 in my Bible. Good job. I got the same Very good. All right. And we will stay here for most night. Um, listen to this. It says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Now, do, do we know, is it just any guy named Paul that, 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 that wrote this? Or what, what Paul is it? The servant Saul Paul. The servant Saul Paul. It's that Paul who's written all, all these books, right? It's just not just some Paul. It's like the main Paul, right? That's right, and we're going to talk about that. Now, he starts off with this. Paul defines himself three ways right here in verse 1. He says, I, he didn't say I, Paul. I've got a big one. I thought it was an I for a second. He says, Paul, a servant of Christ and Jesus. Know that the clear translation of that word is slave. Is, is slave. Now, he's writing to Rome, which is a place that has many slaves. They understand the concept of slave, and this is what a slave was. A slave was one that had no rights uh, unto himself. He was at the will and mercy of his mat, 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 boss. No, I'm kidding. Master. Okay. He um, he was owned like livestock. They could put a brand on him, and he was he was just there. Okay. He, it's just that's what he was thought of. If he disobeyed. He could be killed, and it was within the law. If he did disobey, not did a whole lot wrong, but disobeyed his master. So his whole life 
was about serving the Master and doing the Master's bidding. Now I want you to know, this is a church, this is a place that Paul is introducing himself to. Paul has never been in Rome up to this point. He ends up going to Rome and he, he dies there. You see in, in the, uh, the book of Acts, he goes to Rome. He's tried in jail and, and whatnot. And um, he's never been there, but as he writes his book in, in chapter 15, you see that he longs to go there. He writes how he longs to go there. And he longs to preach to those who have not heard before the truth about God. He wants to be... Now, no one else we know of has been to Rome to start the church. And he doesn't really talk, talk, talk to the churches in Rome. He talks to the believers in Rome. So we don't think there's really an official church. In chapter 16, it talks about like a house churches. Like four or five of them that are beginning to grow there. So they're young. But what we believe is Paul went on how many missionary journeys? Three. Very good. Three missionary journeys Paul did. Felt like it. It was that, that, that many days a couple times over. But, so he only went on three, but they were like long time trips. But you see, one thing about Rome is this. Rome is like our Washington, D.C. or our New York City. It's sort of the main place. It's the political place, the cold, cultural place. And have you heard the phrase, all roads lead to Rome? Yeah, we've, you've heard that all? Come on, somebody. I mean, that's like, a, okay, good. That, that phrase just meant all, all... Thank you, Dalton. Thank you, Dalton. All, all roads lead to Rome. And many... Paul had shared Christ and many had believed that Rome was such, such a, a main place. We believe that, that many who had believed had moved back there and now lived there. They'd found believers and began to form the church there. And Paul longs to be a part of that. So he explains himself as a slave... Do you want to call yourself a slave? Do you want to call yourself a slave of, of God? Because just think of what he's saying. He, he's, he's, and he, by choice, he says, I'm a slave of God. Okay? I choose to lay down what I want for his wants. I will do anything that he wants to the point that he owns me. He has every part of my life. As a Christian, that's sort of where we ought to be. And you go, boy, that cost... That cost is too much for me. Well, how much is, is your salvation sort of worth to you? Not that they're going to strip away from you, but how, how much does it count for you? So just think, a slave, his purpose is to do the master's bid, bidding. Paul's just saying, hey, everything my life's about is do what God wants me to do. Look at this next thing. He calls himself, un, he says, uh, called to be an apostle. What's an apostle? Opossum, apostle. A follower. Okay, there's a broad term which is a, a follower of Christ. And there's same like folks that even now say, well, I'm an apostle at this church here, and that means I'm a believer, disciple. But there's a, a, a primary term that it's used for here. An apostle is this, and, and let me look, so I'm sure. Um, it's defined as one of the original men who were chosen by Jesus and Commission to proclaim the gospel and lead the early church. Who who were the men that were cho cho chosen by G Jesus? Disciples. Disciples. And one more prerequisite is that they also um, were witnesses to his re resurrection. They saw him either die on the cross and and, and 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 raise again on the third day, or they saw him sometime. After that, alive, after he had died. That was the proof in that time, in that day, 
being an apostle meant you had been with him and he had taught you and he had commissioned you. Did there were those twelve men and who else? Who else saw him? Paul on the road to Damascus. Don't forget, Paul was a Pharisee killing Christians, going against them, fighting against them. He went on the road to Damascus to find some more. And Jesus, it says, appeared to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And um, he told him, I commission you that you are going to change lives, that you are going to do great things. So we see here that he appeared to him. And this gives Paul authority when he writes this letter because it says, man, I'm called one of them. I may not even claim it myself, but I, I saw him after the the resurrection. He called me um, just to do his work. So he calls himself a slave, calls himself an apostle. And then look at this next part. Uh, the end of verse 1 says, Set apart for the gospel of God. Ooh, What, what, what word phrase do I love right there, right now? Set apart. Set apart. Oh, we were just there. Isn't that great? Set apart. Now... What was Paul before he became a Christian or follower of Jesus? Do we know what he was? Start with a PH. Pharisee, almost. (laughs) That was good. Didn't expect that one. Pharisee, okay. And a Pharisee is a leader um, of the Jewish community there. And Pharisees, the word Pharisee means separated one. And what it was, was that the, the Pharisees were better than the com- common folk. And they were holier. And they did more right. And if there was a sinner on this side of the street, um, Dalton, you come walk right over here. Just walk down sinner, you. Sinner, vile, disgusting. Come on, just walk. I would not be on that side of the street ever if I saw him. I'm on this side of the street. Because I'm... Stay away from me. Okay, that's what a Pharisee, they were, and their name it separated because they, they thought they were better. They were of more worth than, than them. Now, I want you to see, and I'm a dork when it comes to this stuff, but I think this is cool because the word set apart here is the same word used for Pharisee that he writes. So Paul writes here, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, an, a Pharisee for the gospel of God. He says, I'm no longer a Pharisee for the things of man or the things of me. It's not about me being better or my worth being better. I'm now a Pharisee. I'm now set apart for the gospel, the good news of God. So this is how Paul introduces himself. And I go, dude, even when I think about how do I want to introduce myself, this is how I I need to be. It's humble. It's not not about me. It's all about God. Now... Um, let's go on. Look at here in, in verse um, 2. In verses 2 through 6, Paul, we see Paul begin to gush. Have you ever seen some, someone gush before? Gu- no, just gu- no. Okay, okay. Let me give you a vision. Bishop, can I use you? for? An, it, it just stay right there, but can I use your name for a second? Okay, say Bishop was at Chili's and he saw... Justin B B B B B over there. Nope, it's too late. You already get permission. And he sees him, so he comes r- running in here, and he's like, and he's gushing, right? Sorry, it's scary. I'm sorry about that. Um, um, or or De- Deanna, can I can I I I use you? I think you should use Deanna. 
No, I, I like the, I like Deanna. Say that you're at um, Mur- Murray's and you see a guy named G- G- Gavin DeGraw. Huh? I don't know who it is, but I I I stalked your Facebook today, and you were like, "Have you ever seen somebody gush like that?" No. I mean, it happens. It's rare. It's rare when that occurs. But you You know, because because my wife used to gush about me before we were married. You know, because that was something else. No, anyways, anyways, but I, I want you to know something. <clears throat> Paul, verses 2 through five, 6 here, he begins to gush. When you gush, you don't hold back. If you want to sort of save something for the end, it's like someone who's so excited to tell a joke, but they tell the punchline before they're done. Because they're just they're not thinking straight. And all of a sudden, Paul goes into this, I would say, sub-rant in a good way, because he's so excited about what he writes about. Because the next four verses, all he's talking about is what he's going to write about this whole letter. And he cannot help himself because he's so excited about the God, the, the God gospel, the good news. So look, in verse 2, okay? Start in verse 1, halfway through. Set apart for the gospel of God, which He promised beforehand through His prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Now He points out the gospel is in the Old Testament as well. It's throughout it. We see it in the book of Genesis when Abraham was going to go to kill his son because God said to go kill your son. Go sacrifice your only son. He was going to go do it. And his son said, what are you going to do? He says, well, I'm going to kill you because God said, sort of. And, 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 and he tells his son that God will provide himself a lamb. Okay? A foreshadowing. Because we see that God stilled his hand. He did not kill it. God did provide a lamb. But in the truth, in the life of Christ, He provided a sacrificial lamb. Okay, and it just points to that. We see in the in the book of Psalms, chapter twenty-two, that the suffering servant would die on a cross. The Messiah would come and die. It talks about it clearly in Isaiah. 53, it talks about the same thing, that the Messiah would come. And there's countless times more that the prophets, and you've heard me talk about this within the past four months or six months, they proclaim the Redeemer is coming. In verse 2, that's what he says, which he promised who? God, beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Look at this, verse 3. Concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, verse 3, I just want you to hear just a couple of these points. Verse 3 is this. There's two things he, he, he tells us about who Jesus is. Since he was born a descendant of David. Who was his mom? Jesus' mom. Mary. Okay, good. I'm so glad you know that. And she was a descendant of who? David, right? David. Okay. Okay. And I just want you to, the whole point of that is saying that, this part is saying that Jesus Christ was fully Man, you know that when he was born, he was born 
as a baby. He grew as a man. He was all man. God made him that way. And some people even today claim, well, you know what? He's just like a made-up guy, and it's, it's, it's really not true. There are historians from that time, one called Pliny the Younger, Pliny, P-L-I-N-Y, I know you want to take that note down, um, who was a historian that talked about him and when he lived and when he died. There's a guy named Josephus that wrote about him, a historian, not a Christian, a Jewish one, who wrote about him. There's many that wrote about him being alive, being real. And I want you to... Understand this. Why, why is this important? Because you know what? If G- Jesus Christ wasn't f- f- fully, fully man, then He didn't live with the same temptations that we do. He didn't live a sacrificial life that was perfect, that was worth, 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 worthy enough to cover our sin if He wasn't fully man. And some of you go, well, that's not real important. I don't really care about that. It's not real important to me. Do you understand it needs to start to be? You need to start to understand this stuff and grab a hold of this thing that, that we call faith and quit counting on the faith of your mom and dad and your friends and start to own it yourself. He was fully man so that he could live a life without sin, do every temptation that we could ever face and, and do the right thing every time, die as a sacrifice for our sin, as a sacrifice. Not just dying because He died on the cross and it hurt Him dying on the cross, but the weight of the sin, the consequence of your sin was laid upon Him. And He was fully man. But in the same verse, Paul writes this, because scholars debate this, was He fully man or fully God? Or was He half man and half God? I believe He was fully man and fully God. And you go, well, how can one be 100% man and 100% God? That adds up to too much. I don't think it does when you bring God into the mix. I think our brains are just peons. Okay, I think we use them the best we can. But, dude, He is God. And He says here in in verse 4, verse 3, concerning His Son, Jesus, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared. The word declared there is is a word, Greek word that's horizo. Horizo, which we get the word horizon from. Declared means it was separated like the horizon, like the sky from the earth when you look out. It was clear that he was born of flesh, son of man, born of God, fully son of God. Okay? And it's a clear, he was declared um, to be the Son of God in, in power according to the Spirit of holiness by His resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it says this, Through Him we have received grace and apostleship. Not the same apostleship that Paul had, but apostleship like what uh, y'all talked about before, that we're believers, that we follow. Uh, to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name, name among the nations. Do you know your job is to be a witness? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're, you know, and it says, through whom we have received grace. Grace is undeserved merit and favor. It's unearned. We don't even deserve it. We should not get it. Grace is what we are given to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name among the nations. We, we are to talk about Him so others can come to know him, there's a, a story I thought that went along this that I read today, and uh, 
I'm going to, to read it. It's a short one, so it shouldn't take us more than 25 minutes. This is the story. The story is told of a very wealthy man who had many valuable art treasures. Sweetheart, I might need you to read it. His only son was quite ordinary, but was dearly loved. When the son died unexpectedly as a young man, the father was so deep, deeply grieved that he died a few months later. The son died young. The dad was grieved. He died not much past that. The father's will... Stipulated that at his death, all his artworks were to be publicly auctioned, and that a painting of his son was to be auctioned first. On the day of the auction, the specified painting was displayed, and the bidding was opened. Because neither the boy nor the artist were well known, a long time passed without a bid even being offered. Finally, a long-time servant of the father and friend of the boy timidly bid 75 cents, all the money he had. When there were no other bids, the painting was given to the servant. At that point, the sale was stopped. And an official read the remainder of the will, which specified that whoever cared enough for his son to buy the painting of him would receive all the rest of the estate. The touching part of that story shows God's provision for a falling, fallen mankind, anyone who loves and receives the Son, is welcome to the whole estate, God's holy estate. It says, through Him we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name among all the nations. Look, look on here in verse 6. Uh, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. This is where we see who he writes the book to. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Paul writes in most of his letters, he writes quite a few of them, grace to you and peace. Grace to you and peace. And boy, one of the greatest things that we can extend to each other is is grace and peace. You go, well, you don't know what they've done. They have wronged me. Well, have you been forgiven by Christ? Because if we've been for- forgiven by by Christ, whatever wrong they've done to us can't compare to the for- forgiveness He gave to us. And we should always extend grace and peace, especially in this room. Now, I don't know any specific issues that are up, but I don't always know everything. So make sure you extend grace grace and peace. Let, let, let your life be about that. Paul was excited uh, when he first began to write this book. You can tell in, in, in what he wrote. And I, I want you to ask yourself as you leave two things. One is, if I was to stand in front of the group, how would I want to define myself? If I could start fresh and new, how would I want to introduce myself? And um, hopefully it honors God and gives Him glory. And my next thing is, what would you have to do to change what you're doing now to live that way now? What steps do you have to take? That introduction you want to be, what do you have to do to get there? And what's your excuse not to? I mean, the, t- the time is now to, to do it. This book we're going to go through is 
chalked full of amazing verses. I wasn't going to do this, but we've got a little bit of time. And uh, I want you to learn a verse. Can we learn a verse tonight as a group? Yeah. Okay. Who, who, who knows of a... Can, you like, can anybody, not an adult, quote a verse in Romans? Romans 3.23 that says... Okay, some of you have heard that before. Did y'all know that was where that, that was found? That's the verse we're going to go through tonight as a group. Okay, are, are, are you ready? I, I want to do things because they say that 10% of what you hear, you, it, it, it will stick. So um, for what she just said, you would stick. You would know that she said something about all, and that's probably it a week from now. If you wrote it down and just wrote it down once, you might get sort of half of it right. But I want you to know this first because we're going to go through some verses in here that, because some of you, you've been going to church for two years, three years, five years, seven years. And if someone could ask you, with the Bible, can you share your faith and what you believe? I'm afraid you couldn't do it. And there's something wrong with that. And I want you to be, and part of you might be ashamed going, yeah, I just haven't really ever got it down. And it's, it's easy if you put your mind to it. I was going to like throw a song up around this time, a song that was like, I would find out like a song that's hip, that y'all, because I don't know hip songs, I'm getting too old, I'm over 40. And, um, and so, and see if y'all would like start to sing to it. Because you know what, y'all, y'all can learn songs um, like nobody's business. And then you go, but I just can't learn the, script, the scripture. Well, I, I, I will tell this. I was asked this this past week, do you believe in demons? Um, and I, and I, I do. And I do believe in Satan and, and him being against you at work. And he doesn't care if you learn songs, but he does care if you learn this. And sometimes you're going to fight through to learn this because he's fighting against you. You're in a battle and you don't even know it. Everybody stand up where you are. Spread out a bit because you are going to have to move. All right. Listen. The verse she she shared... The verse she shared was Romans 3.23. It goes like this. Four. Everybody, four. Everybody at four. All... Have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay, look at that. Four. All sin and come short of the glory of God. Okay, look at that. What verse is it? Romans 3 23. Okay, now do it without words. Ready, go. Without words. Wait a second. Over. No words. Ready, go. All right, now, without words, without me. Ready, go. Four. Freeze. It starts off with four. Okay, ready, set, go. Okay, so now let's do it loud. Ready, yell it loud. Ready, one, two, three. Four. Oh, of sin. Come short. Glory of God. Okay, is that hard? Okay, your, your job... You're like going, I didn't know I was going to come to church and do calisthenics and stuff. Okay, now, Romans 6, 23. We've got a minute and a half left. I can te- te- teach you one more verse. Some of you may, 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 may know it. Repeat after me, but not if I said it. Ready? <laughs> Four. The wa- wages of sin is death. But the gift of God. Is eternal life 
through Jesus Christ, JC, our Lord. Okay, okay, now. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Huh? Look at that. Romans 6, 23. Okay? <clears throat> now listen, what's, what's so important about those two ver, 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 things? <laughs> well, I'm having a hard night tonight. What? <laughs> hey, I'll talk to you later, buddy. No, no. What's so great about that is before you can tell someone really about who Jesus Christ is, you need to tell them of their need to know Him. Because the first verse is, for all have sinned. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The next, for the wages, what you earn from sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's, it's a great, it's a great, if you want to share your faith, you've got to know these things. The first verse was what? What verse was it? Romans? Three, which says, Okay, and then Romans 6 is, Do Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, let's do that last one again, and we're going to be dismissed for tonight. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Alright, let, let's pray in words, Miss. Dear God, we thank you for tonight, the chance to hear your truth, to hear your word. Um, and um, God, I thank you that you love us and you want us to um, be more like you and your son every day. Help us to have the strength and courage to speak up and never shut up. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.